1: I'm Samuel Man in Soyers Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kira Mawira. ora,
0: Hello, Sam,
1: how are you? Good. Back at home.
0: Yay, welcome back to home.
1: Isn't it good that we can do things like go on road trips?
0: Yeah, it is. I like it. I've got one coming up this weekend I'm super excited about.
1: And who are you introducing today?
0: Today I am introducing Tracy Mackey and she is formerly of Michigan and now um, lives here in Fakatani, actually and um, I was trying to think of the best way to describe what she does. She will be able to do that a lot better than me but if anything I would call her an educational activist for women um, and other people, (laughs) primarily for women um and she does um, a stellar job in our community um and i'm really excited that we get to talk about that today kia ora, tracy
2: welcome ah kia ora. thank you thank you for that introduction It's uh it is something i'm passionate about is empowering women around me thank you
1: <laughs> thank you very much for joining us let's go back a bit how was your lockdown how was your bubble life
2: i loved bubble life. I was at home with three teenagers, a husband and a dog. We got painting done. I got into webinars. I learned to um, macrame and permaculture, and I did self-leadership webinars. I took some personality tests. Yeah, it it, it was good.
1: It sounds like you had a full house.
2: I did have a full house. We um, we got into cooking. We went all around the world with cooking. We got into um, making dumplings and pasta. Uh, got those kids in the kitchen, which was good. Also got them on the end of a paintbrush. So now they, you know, know how to climb, climb a ladder, do some sanding, wash stuff down and give it a paint. Awesome. Good life skills.
1: Are they old enough that you weren't having to homeschool?
2: Thank goodness, yes. <laughs> That's why I love this town. I have teenagers. They like to lock themselves up in a room, and I just drag them out. Yeah, 17- and 19-year-olds.
1: Are the 19-year-olds so, studying?
2: Yep, yep. Um, at my daughter at the University of Canterbury, so she came home which was good, it's her first year. So, you know, mommy was, you know, missing her daughter already. I was missing her far (laughs) more than she was missing home. That's for sure. But uh, she survived us, that's the big thing. We decided really the children needed certificates that they survived their parents during lockdown. Um, More than, you know, us surviving, surviving them. But yeah, she came home, did her study. She was organized, got to it. And my son's in high school, he did what he needed to do.
1: Sounds Uh, good. Good. (laughs) I reckon, and we've been talking about this to other people, I reckon that that first year at university group has done it the hardest in terms of the the changes to their life. And this was their big moment to go out and be adults. And they had like two or three weeks of of being at the hall. My son's doing engineering, his first year engineering at Christchurch. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the bedrooms. <laughs> what happened? I know if they were just getting into that groove too
2: of getting to like know each other, and you know, you know where to go for you know, this, you know, cuppa with you know their, co- their coffee.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you know who to go to the cafeteria with, who to walk with, you know, going to fitness, and then it just stopped. Uh, uh, which is pretty. I think my it was pretty heartbreaking, and making connections, though, at least with the you know all the internet stuff and apps, was was good. So yeah, she was definitely keen to get back there.
1: It went straight back as soon as they were allowed.
2: As soon as they were allowed, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even though, well, teach,
1: we even though teaching, even though teaching was we, online.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we made a decision. We had talked about that big picture of what was happening in our lives. And, you know, yeah, it could have been, you, you know, you would, would have gotten money back if you didn't go into the halls. But we said, you know, let's look at this differently. This is a time in your life that you're it's an investment into who you are. You know, is that investment what you want to do? And the answer was yes. Yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so we supported her 100 percent to go
1: back. We call we called in on Henry last week. Um, they they all seem very happy to be back and very happy to be to be back with their groups of friends and organizing the talent show and whatever else it is that they're doing.
2: yeah, my doctors tell me something about some water polo something they sit on these pods, and I was like going what they're, she's learning about sports i didn't even know existed down there, <laughs> but yeah, cool she's getting into it
1: let's take the first of your music choices let's have. KC and the Sunshine Band, Get Down Tonight. Why this one?
2: Well, there's a story. So way back in, oh, I think it was 90, 99, living in Florida. You know how everyone says they have a love song with their, you know, their loved one, their their sweetheart? My husband and I didn't have one. We're sitting um, at the poolside and this kid, this round kid with this fabulous jiggly belly and his brother were down at the end of the pool and they were singing it do a little dance make a little love get down tonight and they would jump into the pool as happy as anything and my husband and i just laughed and laughed like it was just so joyous so we decided this is our love song that's why the song <laughs>
1: described you as an educational activist for women what's that about
2: uh, i love that i love that that's i might um keep keep that title there uh ma um way last year i had the opportunity to go do some conscious leadership training with the conscious leadership group in chicago uh I read a book called The 15 Commitments. It's by Jim Duthmer and Diana Chapman and Kylie Warner-Kell. And this book, um, and the opportunity to go to this training, it it woke me up to seeing a different perspective, uh, how we can look at life. And it started with, where do you look first? You look at yourself. So for me, I went, hmm where where am I in this in this world where am I in my own life and there's so much happening in this world right now and I I can't even say I really understand the tip of it anything to do with politics the environment I know it's happening but that big understanding is is beyond where where I'm at right now and what I was learning was what if you start with yourself and be kind to those closest to you that kindness for them could help them do those big things in their life that support the rest of the community support the rest of the world so i've just decided from this that i'm taking time to talk to women to talk to people uh part of that is you know volunteering just to do business mentoring love love doing that uh Taking time to talk to women that are creating business plans, uh, that they're wanting to do a big change in their life. It could be what they're doing at home. Something doesn't set well with me anymore. What what's what, what's going on with that? And we we just talk through it.
1: Hmm. And through that lens, does that does that lens? give you any ideas or different views of how we've responded to, to the pandemic?
2: Yeah. I think one of the things I noticed was about how, how scared we are and not many people just stop and say, you know what, right here, right now, I'm just scared. And I, I I don't know what to do that. There's so often we're looking for an answer. You know, if you wear, you know, mask if you stand on one foot and jump you know this is gonna this is how we're gonna get through it it's yeah and in this in this moment I'm just I'm just scared and I'm acting this way I might be yelling a little bit bit more wanting to sleep anymore because I'm just I'm just scared and having that time to accept myself in that moment and then that that's okay, because in the past I would have beat myself up for that. So when I'm talking to people, it's like, yeah, yeah, I see that. You know, when, when I hear you talking about not knowing what to do, if you're going to be able to get groceries, if you're going to be able to do your travels, if you're going to be able to see your son, yeah, I, I see you. You know, and what I'm seeing right now is that that you're scared. You know, and that and that's okay
1: so that be think, that be kind message that we've been hearing and has been so important is is so much deeper than have a nice day
2: yeah absolutely i think another thing that i'm really learning about too is about how we're listening um what what what, what what's on your ears at the time if i'm someone's talking to me about how scared they are and i'm already going to fixing i'm not really listening if you know i'm if i'm jumping into wanting to solve you know all their problems or even start a debate, like if they're telling me something and I'm already working on how i'm gonna debate with them i'm not I'm not really listening I'm not accepting what they have to say as their perspective, and that's okay It's just a perspective that's all it is just it's just one perspective hmm. I was just listening to, to um um a book. Uh, unfeathered soul. And he was talking about, you know, stuff with, you know, the Big Bang theory versus the theories of, you know, Christianity. And he said, and it doesn't matter. It happened. None of us were there. It happened. And however you want to have your perspective to be great, have it. It won't change that it happened happened no matter what your perspective is right now and that's something I've been mulling over quite a bit if something happens it has nothing to do with me it's just happened now I get to choose how do I want to be in that in that moment
1: does it give you any clues as to how to identify the things you can change
2: Yeah. When I think about, you know, there's Stephen Covey's theory about the um, circles of influence and the circles of concern. And there's other ones that talk about then that, you know, that circle of, of control. At the end of the day, I think about all I can control, ultimately control in this world is me. And that is I can control what I say, what I do and what I think. Um, you know, an example is we just you know on Friday night we had the the school ball, and you know like that that conversation about you know buying minors alcohol to go to parties, you know, and I'm sitting in a place where I'm right about what I think about I'm so right that children shouldn't drink alcohol until they're twenty four you know i'm living there i'm owning that cuz their brains need to be developed in a certain way okay so that i'm just sitting in in, in you know in, in my in my stuff in my in my issue and we're having these conversations you know with parents and the badgering i got about you know being able to buy alcohol for my children and i'm going no not doing it. So how am I going to do this and not come off to my friends where I'm going to lose connections? Because that's what's that's why that's why we talk to each other. We want connection. It feels good to have a connection. So in that in that moment, I had I made a decision. Where am I at in this? Okay. However, I'm going to talk about this right now. It's going to come across that I'm right and they're wrong. Boom. Psh, lost connection. So I decided what was the next thing I could do? What's the truth under that? And the truth was, I was scared. I was scared. So I said, I've made the choice not to do that because I'm scared. I've made up a story that my job as a parent is to protect my child. And the way that I want to protect my child is not to buy alcohol for him. It's a decision I've made. I'm scared that if I give him this, I'm gonna give him permission to damage his brain. I'm scared if I say yes to this little, you know, there's seems there's a wobbly line about, you know, what's legal, not legal, that but he's not 18. That if I say it's okay for him to break this law, is he gonna think it's okay that I'm giving permission for other laws in the future? So my decision about this is because I'm scared. So I made it about me because that's what it was. That was the decision. You know, I I have a lot of respect for my children and decisions they make, but this wasn't about them. It was about me. So taking that ownership about who I am and where I'm at in the decision. That's what I took ownership in that moment. I could have blamed my kids, made up some excuses. But it wasn't. It was about me being scared. That was the reason why I was making the decision I was making.
1: Is it, is it okay to, to recognize that we are, in terms of this this this, this pandemic and, and, and everything around it, we don't know, there, there, there's uncertainty that can't be avoided. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do we frame that? anxiety that comes with that in a positive way
2: yeah i i hear you on that that makes a lot of sense to me because there is so much fear in in the unknown and i think we can look at how how serious do we want to hold that and when I, when I say how serious we want to hold that, I mean, we could fall into this, psych, the, this rotation of thinking that it's real. It's not real. It's, it's in, in the future. We, d- we don't know what's going to happen in, in the future. All we can, con- like going back to that, but about what we can control. I think about all I can do is control about where I am right now. In this moment, sitting here with, with the two of you, I have enough of everything. I'm breathing, I'm sheltered, I'm happy, I'm coming back to this now moment, I have enough of everything. When I go into that imaginary place of my stories, I have no facts to prove any of that. So one of the things I do when I start thinking about, if I start going into that future, I start thinking about what about that is true? What's a fact? What's a story? A fact never gave anybody any harm. And um, an example of that is, oh, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this is one that really rings to me that comes up a bit is um, someone says their story is um, he shouldn't be yelling at me like that. That's really rude. That's really horrible. The fact of all that is he said words that's the fact there's, and there's no attachment to that. eh? it's just, he said words where our story takes us is every adjective that we add to that is that it was loud, that it was rude, that it was horrible. Now we've created that because of what was happening in our past and our experience of that. So when I'm thinking about something about the future and, and the fear, I keep coming back to what are the facts about what I know right now. And those are the things that I can do something about. Like I know right now I have a job. I'm very thankful that I have a job right now. I don't know if I'll have a job next year. I don't. So I can either start worrying about that now or I can do the best I can right now and take it day by day. And that's what I choose to do. That's what I choose to do. And I get anxiety where, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to be able to pay my bills? What are people going to think if I don't have a job? I could, I could go down that track. It serves nobody. It serves no one. But what I do know is I go back to what do I do know about myself and this and who I am. Who I am is I know I know how to create a CV. I know how to talk to people. I have never had a time in my life, I haven't been able to work out what I need to do for myself. I know I have the skills to create the experience I want to create for my future. So if I start going down that anxiety route, I come back to that.
3: Bubble sprite of the forest of Oroconooey,
0: Dunedin's favorite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
4: Kia ora koutou, namahi aroha noe kia koutou I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope that this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, very fulfilling, very inspiring, and is illuminating for you more and more each day who you are. A triumph of nature's art, perfect unique and here it's better, thank you. So I have been so grateful that today what I have been really inspired by and excited to share with you all is this sense of friendship that has really come to the fore for me today. And of course over this time of lockdown level four Level three, level two, and now level one, we have been asked in so many different ways to share our space in a spirit of friendship and love and support and community and commitment and care and to be kind as a dream team of five million. And of course, as this dream team grows and more and more of our expats return home, including hopefully very soon my beautiful mama, Robin McKenzie this spirit of friendship will continue to grow and I hope that for you as this time has done for me so many aspects of my life that perhaps I was not fully conscious of or aware of to the degree that I am now have really been highlighted and I have really had the opportunity to appreciate and celebrate thanks to this lockdown journey. And a big part of that has been friendship and love, all, all of the support, all of the connections that I'm so lucky to feel the benefits of and whether or not consciously aware, there are so many friendships and connections and supports in the unseen for all of us. So for me today, I've been particularly grateful for the friendship that I have experienced as I've gone about my day, interacting with everyone, speaking with Lots of amazing teachers all around Aote Porti, and over the phone, getting really excited to come and work with them and have them visit me up at Oro Eco Sanctuary, learning about what they're sharing with all their students and that relationship that they're building with their students and with their students' consciousness. And a big part of all friendship and all relationship, of course, is trust. And part of trust, part of forming that relationship of trust is a sense of being accepted, and a sense of being welcome. And often we talk about bids in relationships, and when your bids are accepted, when your offerings are accepted, then you feel more and more a sense of belonging and a sense of trust, and a friendship can grow. And of course, it's reciprocal. So, we are being made offerings, we are being given bids from everyone in our life. And by becoming aware of them and accepting them and celebrating them, we are growing these friendships every day. And of course, it's not just friendships with other human animals, it's also friendships with all life that surrounds us. And I'm very, very grateful for my friendships, which are. 11 years in the making now out at Orokanoe Eco Sanctuary with Mama Miro, the beautiful Miro tree who I think is about 200 years old but she will live to be a thousand so I'm really looking forward to introducing her to my children one day and my grandchildren one day and I love introducing her of course to all the visitors to Orokanoe and I'm so grateful for my friendship with Waimari the eel and part of that reciprocity and that friendship of course is accepting how that friendship works for both people that are contributing to it and that might mean that way does doesn't come to see us every time that we visit them and that might mean that we in turn form our relationships and our friendships in a way that works for us and really we can reframe all aspects of our life in these terms when a situation presents itself in a way to us that is not immediately accessible or not immediately acceptable for us sometimes we can look at this as though this is a new friend that we're getting to know and by gradually giving this new situation this new friend an opportunity to reveal itself to us we can get closer and closer grow that understanding and grow that friendship so i hope for all of you you're finding new ways to make friends with all aspects of your life including yourself and finding new ways to give yourself and those around you more things that make things even better for you in just the same way that you are making things better each day. And I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Ka
1: We've seen lots of changes over the last seven months. What do you think will stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick?
2: When you say what I hope will stick, what... What are you talking about exactly anything that's happened
1: in the last seven months yeah sort of societal societal level changes rather than the the little bits and pieces perhaps i mean i I think there's things like we've learnt that we can in fact use zoom and there's there's, Mm -hmm. the stuff that we the stuff that we thought we couldn't possibly do and turns out we can
2: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. what what, what's changed that you think you'd like to see stick.
2: Okay. So when I think about in the last seven months, changes that have occurred for me, one of them is I've learned I don't need as much stuff. That's been the biggest aha moment. I can't believe how much money I saved during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Like. I couldn't believe that but in in the stuff I realized um, thinking thinking why am I buying this stuff so it's I had some reflection time in there for me what it was it distracting me from acknowledging that was happening in my life so that that brought up interesting conversations in in our household and I think how we decide to spend our money is different about creating experiences for for us to be together as you know a family you know bringing out those board games again Um, you know talking about what kind of adventures do we want you know want to do like you know my daughter's learning to kayak like how cool is that so now we're looking at kayaking stuff what the heck you know that's that's different and um, creating time to spend just being together, like the family holidays. So I I liked that, that, you know, coming back to how we spend time together. Um, One of the other things is Zoom. Whoa, I adore Zoom. It just makes everything so, so easy. Being able to share screens, bring people together and having breakout rooms. Um, In my work, we are spread out over the North Island. So that gave us this huge push to go, whoa, we still need to meet. We can't fly and see each other. What are we going to do? And that's opened um, a lot more communication around us. Uh, And the other one I really, yeah, technology, man, it's been great. is using Slack. So like, you know, getting into that habit of like when you're on, there and you're working and I see one of my colleagues you know in Toronga is on or in Auckland it's like hey what you doing it's like I just was able to go around the corner and knock on their office and see what was up Um, what else in the last seven months I've noticed in like what even with my friendships like those ones that um, fill your heart up you know bringing them bringing them closer And having more real conversations, you know, with them about what's happening in their life. And, you know, hey, you know, like, what's going on? Are you okay right now? That daring to ask that little bit deeper of a question.
1: Why do you think New Zealand has responded so well? So far, at least what what's what what have we done right what what was the magic pill that we took that magic pill hmm
2: I think we're we're islands, man. all you <laughs> had to do is shut the borders I, like that that benefit is is huge. you know I talk to my you know family in this in the in the states and they talk about people moving around coming in and out going all over the place and uh i think that's uh that was new zealand's biggest advantage um i think there's something about you know i look at the the kiwis attitude towards stuff you know it's like yeah man we got this that you know wanting to pull together for each other that that culture i think is you know that's cool that attitude we can do it
1: you think it's going to make it harder for future politicians to to not do things in the future because we're all going to be saying remember remember when we we couldn't possibly shut down the economy and we just did it well i
2: have no idea i really don't know much about politics so no clue there don't know what to answer to that (laughs) that one all i know is i'm I get little snippets of stuff happening and I go, I don't understand what's happening. Like I, I I don't understand the stories and how they intertwine. So then I go back to my bubble and Tracy world where she's happy with her family and her <laughs> dog.
1: Let's put on the second of your music choices. Have you got a good story for this one? No! We're, we're I mean, lining I up waiting. Put- could
2: make one up if you want <laughs> me I, It was when I was said, hey, what are a cup you know, give me a couple of your favorite songs. And um this one just popped into my head because I just like to shake my butt to this one and dance around. That's that's it. That's it. And the thought of somebody loving you so much. Yeah. now that's
3: Why?
1: Sounds like you're connected to a, a lot of people doing interesting things. Have you seen any responses that that you think that's a really good idea? If, if only more people could be setting up that sort of business or, or, or changing in that kind of way, that would be a that would be a good thing.
2: Well, one thing that happened it was just before we got into that. Into the real lockdown, as one of our neighbors came and knocked on people's doors to make sure they're all right, and offering to, um, you know, do the grocery shopping if they needed help. And I just was like, wow, you know, to to think of others um, in this time, you know, that willingness to um, take on, you know, other people and help them in this time of stress to put themselves, you know, all their, you know, their selfish needs aside about, you know, their own house and making sure everything's okay there. Wow. I mean, that, that really um, touched my heart when that happened. And uh, I actually got to see my neighbors a little bit more, you know, one like the other neighbor next door, you know, bless her, she organized us all to go meet at the ends of our driveway to just yell out and say hi to each other and, you know, check in, you know, we sat there in our chairs and our drinks and our chips and we could barely hear each other. We just kind of (laughs) laughed and, you know, got to see each other. Um, So stepping outside our own box to um, get to know other people, that I would really like to see that to continue. Uh, I'm noticing I'm asking more questions and talking to um, strangers on the street a lot more, just saying, oh, hello, how are you today? Oh, yeah, nice sweater. Where'd you get that? (laughs) Random conversations with strangers. Some run and some, we sit there for half an hour. I like it when I start talking to someone and my kids go, Hey, do you know them? Nah, never met them before in my
1: life. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that being told that we can't do that to physical contact has actually shown us how important that sort of contact is? So as soon as we were allowed to to to, to get closer again, we've that's one of the things that we have rushed out and done, and is hopefully will stick.
2: Oh man, the first time I got to hug people Oh, that was exciting, yeah, man! That you know, that physical—just having that physical contact uh, with others.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I want—I want that Thursday. I've forgotten the date now. We should look it up. That Thursday, which when we were allowed to to hug people that weren't directly inside our bubble, I want that to be a public holiday—National Hug Day.
2: I I like it. I'll go hug people. Tell me when. <laughs>
1: I Neither. have some questions to end with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, my biggest success? Well, it's got to be about, like, all about me, man. I think that was, I, I, I've had this change in me, like, really understanding who I am, and I got to uh, I got to talk at the BNZ Women in Business lunch that's run by the Eastern Bay Chamber of Commerce. Um, to have the strength to stand there and tell my story, and talk about some of the yucky bits in my life, and be be okay with that. Uh, uh, learning to be vulnerable in front of others for me that was that was my biggest success uh understanding how to deal with the content of my life and how how learning who I am is like I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my feelings, I'm the one that's aware of all that and gets to choose how I want to be, so I'm really excited about the years ahead for me with this uh Newfound knowledge, and owning it.
1: So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're in our mansion. You're in our team. What's the superpower that's got you there?
2: Oh, superpowers. Yeah, I'm all I'm about superpowers. Let me think. Let me get a good one here. Um, my superpower. Is my superpower? Is uh, I'm really thinking hard. I think my superpower is being able to stand tall and grounded. That no matter what you do in your life, it doesn't affect how I feel about myself, that I can stand tall no matter what. And whatever I do in my life, it's it doesn't take away from anything that's happening in your life. So I can stand tall and be okay. Yeah.
1: Recognizing that it's not a zero-sum game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like one thing. I know I've been talking to some woman, and one of the things that keeps coming out is, the fear they have about you know like sharing their ideas uh that if they share their ideas and it makes somebody else feel bad because they didn't have that idea first so they're too afraid to share it's like are you kidding me what are we doing to each other you know like nothing you say takes away from anybody else that's their own story that they've created about themselves it has nothing to do with you how can we support each other in those settings you know to that everybody has a chance to speak up?
1: Do you consider yourself to be an activist
2: well not really <laughs> ma ma she's she's teaching me all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I describe stuff and she she helps me define it um i yeah. I guess an activist standing up for stuff, stuff you believe in. Yeah, I, I'm gonna ponder that one. Uh, it's interesting having a talk with you today and and pulling stuff together, completely unprepared and just talking and showing up as myself. It's uh, it's got it's got me thinking.
1: So, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
2: Um. What gets me out of the bed in the morning is I get excited about exploring what's going to unfold in front of me today. So that fear of the unknown, you know, in the last couple of years, you talk about those successes, you know, that for me, that's one of my successes that I wake up excited about what could possibly unfold in front of me. So, anything to exploration, it could be that excitement to open up a new book. It could be the excitement of who am I going to meet today that I didn't know yesterday. It uh, could be that excitement of trying a new recipe. It could be the excitement of showing up for work and being able to talk to a group of people and, you know, empower them to be their best self that day. That's what wakes me up in the morning.
1: So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so?
2: The next challenge. Well, I've got this idea after I get over a little knee surgery. I'd really like to go down and do the Able Tasman. Did that uh, 25 years ago-ish, um, and it's been in my head. So it's, uh, it's that's a big one for me. Figuring out the fitness, coming over fears. There's some kayaking I could do down there too. So that's my next big challenge for me.
1: Other than the beaches around here, I think those are my favorite beaches in the world.
2: Oh, it's just I got so many beautiful memories of being down there. It's uh, one of my first visits to New Zealand to see uh, my husband. He brought me down there. I just remember being just absolutely in awe of the beauty. Uh, you know, there's, you know, the sea lions, the seals, you know, swimming around, there's dolphins. I wow. Just to immerse myself in um, beauty and be thankful that, you know, that I'm alive that day. You know, I'm thankful.
1: And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
2: Advice? Ah, stop saying sorry for stuff that's, you don't need to, unless it's deemed worthy of saying sorry for stuff, you know, start, stop, stop saying sorry when you have an idea to share in a meeting. That's, that's my big one. When people raise their hand up and go, Oh, I'm sorry. Can I add something here? You, you're you important. You have something important to say. You don't need to be sorry for it. Uh, I guess that's, that's a big one. There's, um, there's an awesome Ted talk on that. It's called ladies stop apologizing. Look it up. It's awesome.
1: Thank you.
2: Um, I can't
0: really add anything to that. But what I can say is all the years I've known, Tracy, the the contribution you've made to our local community, particularly around education, around kids when I first met you, all your play centre stuff, like everything that you've done and continue to do, judo, all of it. Thank you for making such a massive contribution to our community.
2: We're lucky to have you. Thanks. My new thing is um, Zonta Fakatani, too, which is about, you know, empowering, empowering women as well. Hope, hope my platform to do some cool stuff in the next few years.
1: Let's go out to Prince with a kiss. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a contribution from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, joined by Mawira Karatai and Tracy McKee from Fakatani. We hope you enjoyed the show.